This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dina Malandraus. Thanks for listening. I'm Amalyn Ng, a second-year MSCCCP student at Columbia GSAP. I'm speaking with Mark Wigley, Professor and Dean Emeritus, in advance of his lecture at the school on November 12, 2018. Mark Wigley has written extensively on the theory and practice of architecture and is the author of recently published Cutting Matter Clark, The An Architecture Investigation. Thank you for speaking with me today. Yep. So I guess my first question would be if you could speak to the evidence gathering process of which there's there's a lot in this book and if there was any significant or, or difficult or like a particularly revelatory document that you found in this process. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the book is kind of like... The idea of the book is that it's really like a d- detective's report. So, it, 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 and it's sort of a dossier of the evidence. And yeah. so, like, the detective doesn't say, like, what's the outcome? I don't say, what's the result? The reader has to, like, go through the evidence. So, it, it, it accumulates a huge amount of archival evidence. It's really the work of a private detective snooping into the behind the scenes of Matter Clark and, and locating. Um, or trying to locate the mystery of this an architecture concept. Everything that people say about an architecture is stupid. <laughs> uh, that could be because they're stupid. It's a decent theory. Um, but it can also be because an architecture itself, what's so fascinating about that word is it makes us stupid pretty quickly. And you think of architecture as being kind of like making things clear, kind of a structure, function, and so on. So we don't, we're not used to the idea of stupid architecture making us stupid. In fact, we usually think of architecture as sort of like creating um, a sort of stable reference point in an unstable world. And it's kind of like the classical view of architecture, right? That, that life is weird, emotions are weird, time is strange, but architecture just sort of stands there. And, and in a certain sense, X is a host full of that. Matter Clark within architecture is sort of like testing that and saying, what if it's actually the other way around and architecture right. itself is the weird thing. So, just to answer your question finally, you can't just um, write a book about an architecture and say, hey, so that's what an architecture is. What you'd have to do is assemble all of the evidence, which is going to be a kind of a crime scene, an intellectual, artistic, architectural crime scene. In terms of whether there are revelatory documents, yes. Yeah, there's lots of smoking guns, but so many smoking guns that you end up not quite sure in a fog of smoke. Yeah, and, and also, by the way, of course, why would we assume that Matter Clark knew what an architecture is? Wouldn't it sort of make sense the other way around, that he was just fascinated with this word and spent a lot of his life trying to figure out what it is? Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so people will say, oh, what is Matter Clark? Well, it, he's an, an architect, as if that kind of helps you. But actually what they're really trying to say to you is, that is an amazing artist. And I can't sort of tell you why, because the, the work is, very, is challenging my assumptions about art and architecture. So I, let's just call it an architecture, as if I told you something right, that you right. didn't know. So it's really about the mystery of an exhibition that may or may not have happened. And you, know, you have to read the book to figure out whether you think it did. Which was an exhibition about this word that we may not know either. And literally everybody says that he calls his work an architecture, which he didn't. He said it's not. Um, And they say that there was this exhibition, but 
there's no evidence. So this is like a really long answer to a really short question. No, this is great because it preempts the one of my questions, which is yeah. about the capacity for myth-making around architecture, architectural figures, uh, kinds of, um, I know, people filling in the gaps for themselves and projecting kind of uh, or desiring myths around yeah. architectural figures. And yeah, I think it's a great point you're making. And, and But it doesn't it sound, what you're saying sounds great. Like, imagine that there would be in architecture these mythological figures, that they wouldn't just be sort of standing there in a kind of heroic pose, that actually we would have to construct, fill in the gaps, as you say. In other words, this idea, you know, the mythological figure, not as somebody that roamed in history, but somebody that we invent somehow, like, to, to address issues that are going on for us. I, I really yeah. like your description, because I think Medeklak is for so many people a mythological figure, and that's what's amazing. He is um, intoxicating to everybody, to architects, to artists, to politi political theories, to very young architects, very young artists, very senior artists. Like, nobody looks at the stuff and says, oh, I don't know, Meta Clark, overrated. So this is a person for whom many, many different myths get enabled, and it might be you know, one, that might be one of the gifts of artists, right, is to produce work that creates openings for the person who encounters it rather than kind of closes it down. And I think Matter Clark is really about opening things up. And speaking of creating openings, which is a great segue into what, what his work is also about, he didn't just incise buildings, but also, there's, this, there's these fantastic images that you found midway through the book. Um, of the I cut think, drawings. The cut drawings. And what does it mean to yeah, operate on drawing itself? And I think you talked about um, Matter Clark not being about sp spatial transformation. is more, more yeah. so spatial exposure. Yeah. In 1973, he starts doing these cut drawings in, in Genoa. In the summer of 73, he starts for the first time cutting stacks of paper to make cut drawings, right? At the same time that he's cutting a house for the first time, and he's, you know, like drawing on the house by cutting it and cutting into paper to produce a kind of architecture. So the cuts in, in the paper, they're really deep. And I talk about that tonight in the lecture. They're, they're really deep. Like you can look right into them and they have layers. They're not just cut all the way through. So they're kind of like 3D drawings. So basically he's sort of saying that the 3D building is a drawing and the drawing is a building. And he's saying, hey, because that's what you, that's because you don't really know what a building is. And his, I would say, if you, you know, like his, his most provocative and most uh, persistent idea of what he was doing is what he called drawing through a building. So when he cuts a building, this is what we mean by exposure, right? Like right. He, he, his idea is that, is that we're all trapped by architecture because we think we can't change it. We think it's like solid and permanent and rigid and so on. And he says, no, it's totally fragile and weird. And let me show you, I can just go right through it. So he actually describes his work as passing through or draw drawing through. So it, it kind of, if you think about it, it makes total sense that he would end up cutting stacks of paper because he wants to refuse this idea that architecture is like an object and a drawing is like kind of the instructions of how to make an object, and a drawing is delicate and, and kind of a, an idea, and the object is sort of like the kind of making concrete of the idea. He's trying to say, well, what if the building itself was light and ephemeral, like a drawing, like a void? It's more about voids than solids. And what if the drawing, which seems light and so on, actually is kind of a heavy physical object? He's playing with us, right? He's, he's, yeah, um, totally. 
he's toying with our our assumptions. And these assumptions are not just little. It's not just like, you know, what do architects think about architecture or what do we think about drawing? It's about what does society think about the built environment? And, and so his work is also deeply political in its kind of attempt to change our relationship to buildings. By the way, it's not just that he cuts the building and then cuts the drawing, but he also cuts the negatives and he cuts film. Right. I mean, he's into cutting. He's into cutting. Big time. <laughs> Big time. No, that's great. Um, and, and I guess I want to speak to, since I have the book in my hand, the object itself, it is, it is a significant, it's a, it's a term. Heavy. yeah. Um, and the kind of uh, way it's, it's designed also has a very sensitive kind of construction title block Right. esque format to that. And what I found interesting was that you have all these archival documents that it usually kind of found loose, I guess, right. and, and not in a set, in this kind of a construction set, right. like you were talking about uh, undermining the instruction uh, of the architectural drawing through um, other modes. Um, so I was wondering if you could speak about what kind of narratives you hope to construct of the an architecture project through this I guess the book is a form. Yeah. So the structure of the book, as I was saying before, it's it's the it's the sort of a case book of a detective. That means that somebody, the, the format is standardised, right? And documents are pinned to it, like they would be pinned to the wall. You know, in all those movies where you put up all of the forensic images, right? You know, uh, images of the body and of DNA and of the suspects and of the interlink. You know, you put all your information on the wall. Then you try to you figure out what you think is going on. Then you stick all that stuff into a scrapbook, you know, so that it can be. And this is this is the the the, the idea of it. Of course, if you take all of the evidence, I mean, the logic here is evidence. So it's not about the production of. It's it's even about Matt Clark as having produced evidence, right? Big issue is what's the relationship between like a little sketch that might be in his private archive versus a drawing that might be uh, in a major museum in the world. Like, is one art and is the other one, like, private? Is one public and the other one private? It, what's the difference between a photograph that he's manipulated versus a photograph that he took to document? Like, what's the relationship between art and document? Right. The, that whole issue, like, what is the status of the evidence, is something that the reader has to um, decide. And usually you encounter Matt Clark with one or two images... You might think he's a sculptor, so you really want to come across a piece that he's cut out of a building. Or you might think he's a photographer, so you want a very nice photo work. You might think he's a documentary artist. You might think he's a performance artist, in which case you're interested in the movies that he made of, of himself as a kind of performance. On All of these things, to me, all of those are, are, are not kind of getting the point. The amazing thing was he only worked for 10 years, 1968 to 78, an architect, an artist, a performer, a movie maker, a dancer, a cook. He was all of these things. And all of those things were, I would say, one single crime, right? Like a massive crime. So the part, part of the reason the book is so heavy is just to try to bring all the evidence into one place so that you can actually, for the first time, see him. Because one of the things you don't see when you go into a museum and see even a you know big exhibition of Matter Clark, you still don't really see Matter Clark. You see a certain slice. Well, I could make what you said even worse. You know, the real nightmare is that book is only about the year 73, 74. So he works for 10 years, and that book is really zooming in on just the summer of 73 
and the spring of 74. Now, of course, it picks up a lot of collateral evidence from, from before and after that, but it's really zooming in uh, on this. So I, I want to say that um, one of the reasons that the book is, is a sort of a heavy um, book full of, like, you know, whatever, 700 images, half of which have never, never seen before and so on, why, is because the, the reputation of Matt Clark is that he's a crazy guy that he's a huge drinker, that he's like a, a hardcore, unpredictable, spontaneous, the wild man of Borneo, trying to kind of kill himself. Um, and all of that's sort of true. He's always walking around with a bottle of tequila, always, you know, <laughs> uh, trying to kill himself by different means. But in fact, what I would argue is he was a sort of a heat-seeking missile. He was a conceptual artist, unbelievably rigorous. Um, he was theorizing his work very consistently from 68 to 78, he knew what he was going to do before he did it, so that when he did it, it looked very spontaneous. So the book is trying to say, um, the Matter Clark that became really, really famous, the Matter Clark that's in every textbook and in every museum, and you know, there are many ways to be an idiot. One of them is to not know about the work of Matter Clark. One of the easiest ways, right? He's an extremely important architect and artist. But the idea that he's somehow wild, I think that's a defense because we don't want the work itself. We want to see the work as the work of a wild person because it's, the work itself is wild. And, and deep down, we don't want architecture to be that wild. We're, so he, he, he's a threat to all of us. And one way to sort of uh, deal with him is to give him, wrap him into a sort of package, you know, artists, architect, you know, like all these sorts of things. And I, I want to say... Oh no, he's a real monster. He he's he's a monster like you you could say Duchamp was was a monster, like fully understanding every dimension of his performance. Um, you get a few people in architecture like that, not many. You get a few people in the art world. You could say Le Corbusier was such a figure, you know, a total monster. But Le Corbusier had like you know a very long life to do his crime. And Matt Clark, who's explicitly undermining Le Corbusier, is explicitly, <laughs> you know, pulling at those threads, teasing that boring Swiss guy, um, treating Le Corbusier as a criminal, uh, did all this in a very short space. Maybe no accident that his godfather is Duchamp. You know, it's, it's really, yeah. he's that sort of person. No, I think that's great. And and then to see the kind of evidence you've collected coalesce together in this kind of yeah, layered and, way as well. Yeah, and it's a partnership, right? Because it was, uh, you know, this whole project started off with an exhibition I did here in collaboration with the CCA in Montreal, working very closely with Marcus Suter, and then working with Craig, and then with James, and then with lots of archives around the world. So there are a lot of um, fellow detectives, you know, working on this thing. Um, I would love that people would say less stupid things about Matter Clark, you know? I really I really think... What's the pet peeve? What's the kind The pet of peeve is that people don't look at the work. So he does astonishingly precise and very tricky photo work. And experts in photography write about it and even say, hey, this is important in the history of photography, but they don't even look... They don't even see that a collage is a collage. They see what looks like a picture of a hole and they say, there is a picture of a hole. 
and it's, question, it's manipulation. And eight negatives have been used to produce a kind of fake news. Yeah, right. And you don't, you don't really need, um, you just need to look at the work. So I, I, I'm really interested in that. I, I, maybe one way to become famous uh, as a writer about art is not to look at art, because that, that would make it easier to write, I think, you know, just not to look and say what you think. So maybe it's just naive of me. But another way to think about it is there is something in the way Meta Clark works that has sort of um, allowed him to be very, like, upfront, very famous now, slowly. It was not famous in his lifetime, right? It's really grown over time. But something in his work allows him to be placed in a very public way, like in a gallery or a museum or a monograph, without the work actually being looked at. And so my pet peeve would be, now that we've all agreed that we love Meta Clark, you know, love's anyway a complicated thing, so it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing to be loved, but let's say we all love him to death, as it were. Um, why don't we show the respect to look at the work, actually, and listen to him, and just for a moment pause, hesitate, and think, what, what's going on here? And I think if you do that, then suddenly he's a much more radical figure in architecture, in art, in politics. Um, and, and I think that explains why um, really, you know, young architects and artists, they just take one look and they're filled with admiration and they're inspired. They don't imitate, they don't copy, but they feel something important is there. And I, I think we also owe it to 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 ourselves to sort of try to figure out what is the, you know what what's going on with that work, you know like and and of course I'm you know a member of the architects union so I want to say one of the reasons he's like hardcore interesting is that he's an architect and we're just not used to architects um, turning architecture into a question you know we're so used to the idea that architecture sort of like answers a problem, a need, a function, you know, it's a solution. And it's, again, like we were saying before, it's kind of sits there and handles the problem, you know, which is sort of boring. I mean, anybody that handles problems, that's a boring uh, uh, person. What about architecture as raising questions, making you think, making you hesitate, inviting you to behave differently? You see, we're just not used to that. So we tend to say, oh, when architecture does that, it must be something else, it must be art. But what I want to try to argue tonight is, and I do so as a member of the Architects Union, that he's one of us. That is to say, he's, he's actually drawing on what's weird about architecture. Right? He's not like making architecture interesting. He's just kind of outing the weirdness that's inside uh, our, our field. And I think this explains why he crosses over or why the excitement is felt both by architects and by artists, because he's really like hovering there, sort of surgically uh, on the border. You know, he's a borderlands type. And it, you know, everything I'm saying, by the way, <laughs> is sort of like romantic, right? Like he can do no wrong. Um, and maybe that's a risk. You know, I have become a kind of um, super fan, and that you know, can't be right. Uh, but I really think the more you look at him, the more you go into the evidence, 
the wilder he gets, right? And the normal idea is if you're a scholar, firstly, you should be boring as a scholar. <laughs> that means you're serious. Um, I think the more you go into the archives, more into the detail, the more you get really kind of work through the documents, the wilder he gets, right? You see new things. Yeah, you see new things, new layers. Um, and for me, so me, for me, maybe I, I, um, I think I'm, I'm going to make another exhibition about him now. I ca like it's a virus. What can I say? Amazing. No, I just think you know everything I'm saying is just an invitation that we look again at Matt Clark, and I think that's the idea of the book is just to give you a lot of stuff that you can look at and think about. It's given me a lot to look at and think about for sure. <laughs> You're very kind. Uh, thank yeah. you very much. Thanks. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.